Welcome to the Community Builder Podcast. The world is our classroom, and every moment is an opportunity to understand human connection at a newer level. On this podcast, we'll explore the minds of active community builders as they strive to leave their imprint on the world. King. Let's build. Before we get started, we would like to thank our sponsor, Cruise Control Music, the ultimate audio branding experience. Cruise Control Music creates custom, authentic sounds and music to showcase your brand identity and is a direct reflection of your vision, goals, and values. If you're looking to start or level up your podcast experience, log on to cruisecontrolmusic.com. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, Travis. Of course. So uh, I guess if you wouldn't mind starting, um, letting people know you know, who you are, what is Workbench, and um, we'll go from there. Sure. So I'm the co-founder and general partner at Workbench. We're an enterprise VC fund based here in New York City. We invest in enterprise startups throughout the country. But probably for the purposes of this um, podcast, right? one of the things that we've been doing in addition to our fund is we're really lucky to have a community and a space here in New York City that we've been building out for the past five years, this home and this hub on 16th and 5th for all things enterprise. So we joke that we live at the intersection of suits and hoodies. We've got tons of uh, leading startup founders and operators from enterprise startups in New York, but also some of the leading corporate executives um, from Fortune 500 companies right here in New York City in our backyard. Wow. I guess, could you tell us what a day in that life looks like? Like, <laughs> what is a day? Is it different? Is it, you know, what does a, like, a day in the life of yeah. Jessica look like at Workbench? So, I, um, one of the things that we do is we, we host 200 events a year. So any given day, any given week is so different, which is the beauty of the job. Just earlier this week, we hosted a machine learning roundtable with 25 corporate execs who work in data science from companies like Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, E-Trade, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer and more. What else? Tonight, we're hosting um, a 200-person women in product meetup at Workbench. Uh, We've got, you know a number of startups meeting meeting with corporates later this week. I just came from a board meeting. I mean, the list goes on. (laughs) And this is actually already the second week of December. So if anything, this is kind of the ramp down. This is a quiet week. Wow. And so like when you're dealing with so many companies on a regular basis, like what, I guess, could you tell people like how you manage some of these relationships? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, that's such a great question. That's something I think is very different for different VC funds, right? So... We're really lucky in that the portfolio companies we work with are based in New York, but also out on the West Coast and throughout the rest of the country. And then within our space, we have about 20 to 25 enterprise startups who work out of our space as well. So the community is a kind of like many concentric circles that touch each other and overlap each other. Uh, but what that really gets to mean is that we bring together the best and brightest in enterprise tech. And that's how we, again, host all these events and host um, all these great people through our doors is is I, I keep it very, I guess, inclusive. It's just like if you work in enterprise tech and you're excited by this, come through. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it sounds like a big, giant playground full of technology and fun people. Um, so definitely, I've. It's such an awesome space. I've been there multiple times to multiple events, and yeah. it's definitely a fun space. Well, it's funny because I think enterprise tech, you know, in the past has not been seen as very fun or very sexy, and that's where we're trying to kind of flip the switch a little bit and say, hey, how can we make this a place where people can learn from one another? Why we host all these recurring sales lunches and CEO dinners and customer sex workshops because we know that building an enterprise startup is particularly unique and challenging. So we'll geek out on things like SOC 2 audits, navigating procurement, right, negotiating your POCs and contracts. These are the nitty gritty things that we we love to talk about. And that's how we hope you know, we can make building an enterprise drop a little less lonely, a little bit more fun. Right. And I've actually been doing a little bit of research on my own um, about how you learn better, right? So there's this quote, the illiterate of the 20th century are those who can't learn, unlearn, and relearn. Learn, unlearn, relearn. Yes. <laughs> um, and so one of the things that I've been like kind of exploring a little bit is what different ways I learn and how do I consume information. So could you talk to us a little bit about, you know, what different ways that you kind of, you know, provide education to the community, yeah. whether it be events or whether it be videos, webinars, whatever. Totally. Yeah. So I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but actually outside of Workbench, I've been teaching the GED for 10 years. So um really passionate about teaching. And then actually before that, before I co-founded Workbench was at Cisco Systems, where I worked in corporate learning development. So I've seen lots of different environments for learning. Um, You know, I think what we have is the benefit of having in-person space. And as much as, you know, we're VC and we're all about tech and everything's online and Slack this and Slack that, uh, the reality is that so much of learning and connecting is still in person. And I just, we just haven't found a really better substitute for that, right? So one of the ways that I I think our community um, is most effective and most unique is knowing who knows what and then connecting them, right? So I will speak to one of our founders who's having a really hard time hiring a head of enterprise marketing. And I'll say, you should connect with this other person who just this last year went through this process and has learnings, right? So I think one thing that you and I can talk more about is this community and scale, Right. I mean, I'm sure that comes up in every single one of your uh, podcast episodes, right? Because this is this is like the anti-VC. VCs want scale, right? They want things that can be technology enabled. And what I'm saying is fundamentally not, right? It's fundamentally, I know, you know, it's a little bit of like uh, matchmaking, right? Um, and uh, we, yeah, I'd love to hear if anyone has a magical solution for that. To date, you know, there's obviously some tools that can help enable that. But at the end of the day, it's still, how do you, um, who, who has that information and then how do you unlock it from them, right? Because once you do the connecting, then what we'll do is we'll try to do, for example, a customer success workshop because we know all the companies at this stage, at this time is thinking about this. And so then, you know, join this workshop so then you can, again, get higher leverage. Uh, But we're always experimenting with different ways. We also have a ton of content that we put out that's hyper-focused on the tactical nitty-gritty parts of enterprise. So every single one of our companies sells into Fortune 500. Every single one of them needs to put together a customer evaluation doc at some point. And the general rule of thumb, I'm sure you can appreciate this, is if you get asked something more than three times, you should probably put it into a blog post. So that's um, that's how we generally try to approach uh, the scale and leverage piece. Nice. I really like that. And one thing that I'm also starting to see is somewhat of a common trend between communities is to have this like 
repository or holy grail of like information. Do you guys like have one of those yet? Like just a resource section or like a library of some sort that you've compiled or like how does the community contribute to that? Yeah. So we have um, kind of like a central repository for all things enterprise sales where we put together the best templates, the best types of resources. Um, It's so funny when I mentioned Slack, because Slack actually, you know, when we started five years ago, was not even part of the conversation. And that's unlocked, I think, a lot of connections that previously was hard to make. Um, I think we could probably always still do a lot better. I mean, there's great tools and resources now out there between Airtable and Dropbox and Google Docs and so forth. One thing that I joke about with some other VC funds is that you can still put together this amazing library, but at the end of the day, when a founder has an immediate question, the chances are they're still just going to ask it out to the world <laughs> rather than dig for a library. So um, anyways, it's I think it's funny how human behavior works, right? And if they know they have an amazing community, a, a live community at their fingertips, would they just, you know, send a Slack out to the world? Yeah. And I find, I find that funny too, because you, I'm the, I find myself hoarding information. Like I have, I think six notebooks maybe of just like previous jobs, experiences, just random nightly thoughts, just all over the place. And now I'm like, you should probably put these in one place. Like that'd be a good idea. Yeah. You gotta put it online so people can see it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm in the future, be on the lookout because I definitely plan on releasing some of that stuff because nice. um, I always, I've always tried to like translate stuff, but then you're like, you're doing too much. And so I'm just like, just give them the raw version of what it is. And so I'm going to start to do better. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the things that we also do, I just mentioned is um, we do these CEO dinners every quarter and we started these a few years ago. And I think everyone has a different iteration on that. I think for us, the formula that's worked really well is we get um, CEOs from a variety of different stages, right? So later, mm. mid, early. And of course, it's closed door, Chatham House rules. And if you get the right dynamic and group of people in there, I mean, it just is completely unleashes so much mind share and connecting and learning. And we joke that it feels a little bit like a support group, right? It feels like therapy because people, especially in enterprise, really, really get how hard enterprise is. Uh, and, I feel. and I feel like if if that's all I, I do is just connect people for support groups. And I feel that's a huge part of what makes us really proud and happy. Nice. I actually want to unpack that a little bit more. I guess in the sake of keeping things anonymous, uh, could you, I guess, give us a picture of what one of those experiences might look like? Like take us into one of those dinners? Yeah, totally. I think um, there's a lot of really great resources and forms out there about building a startup that honestly, five to 10 years ago didn't exist, right? So everything online now, Quora, there's great, great resources. But there's sometimes just very specific challenges, again, in enterprise that I find are not always as well detailed online. So a really common question is actually always around sales compensation. Right, sales compensation, um, ACV frameworks, you know, negotiating these contracts, um, quotas, right, and a lot of um, what is out there online are general uh, rule of thumbs or like frameworks. But when you can get in a room with ten other hyper, right, like hyper thoughtful (laughs) CEOs, that's when they love helping one another unpack it. Right, they're like, "Tell me what you're going through. I went through this last year. This is how we." did it. This is where we went wrong. I mean, that's usually what's not online, right? Like people don't talk that openly about, oh, shouldn't have done that two quarters ago, right? And looking back now, I do this differently. And I do sometimes think that those in-person conversations can 
really, again, only happen in a closed room like that. And then that's where they will walk each other through their top lessons and learnings. Yeah, I really like that. And talking about lessons and learnings, I guess, what are some of the most common, I guess, challenges or obstacles that, that you face from the enterprise side or just anywhere? Like what sort of challenges do you face in a community of this, I guess, size style magnitude? I think for us, and I'm sure this is similar for every community, just how do you keep staying ahead and fresh and relevant, right? And again, we've been doing this for five years now. So for me and our team at Workbench, I'm always pushing us. I'm always like, okay, if we did this three years ago, how can we yes and this, right? How can we make sure we're, we're um, taking to the next level and that we're responding to what we're hearing from our founders and our teams, right? Um, and so there'll be things I think that even in you know three to five to 10 years from now, we'll still always be talking about some form of sales contract negotiating, but um, can we build these um, replicable tools like you mentioned, right? And systems and resources so that you're building like, um, it's like a building block instead of every, you know, kind of having to start over again every single year. Yeah, I like that. And another thing that I'm like thinking about too is just like, when so many people are in this space, right? Like enterprise, mm-hmm. like how's the competition slash camaraderie? Cause I feel like things can get weird. You have two companies in the same market segment, but totally. they're in the same space and also getting help from the same people. So like, can you talk to us about the competition, friendliness and what yeah. that looks like? I think from a VC perspective, I'll say just from a fun perspective, um, it's great being here in New York City. Right? I think for us, we're really laser focused on enterprise. So everyone knows, okay, the workbench team, they're, they're enterprise IT nerds, right? And so we have a very defined swim lane, which I think helps us, right? And we can be very friendly with many other firms and funds because we can say, hey, let us try to be helpful with our corporate network as well. It's really win, win, win when corporate executives in our community get to meet the best startups, regardless if they're a workbench one or not. Look, at the end of the day, we just want you guys to find the best solutions. And if we can help be a conduit to that, that's awesome. Now, if they do happen to be a workbench portfolio company, it's obviously a cherry on top. Uh, I think if you're asking about um, enterprise startups who might compete in the same space or might sell to the same buyers, that's definitely a very, very real challenge and that happens all the time. I would say within our workbench portfolio and even the community space that we have, we are very selective in the companies we bring in for that very reason, right? Like I just don't think people would open up to the same degree if their competitor was sitting right next door or in the same sales lunch. So we try to be very thoughtful about that um, because that is, at the end of the day, there's only so many buyers at some large companies and and many of them are going up to the same uh, contract value. Yeah, I I find it it can definitely be... Interesting when you have people that want to get in touch with the same, like from like a business perspective, like when people want to get in touch with the same people in a room, like developers is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. It's like every tech company in the world wants to have a developer like use their product mm-hmm. or use their technology. And I'm like, there's a hundred other people like you that want his attention. So it's like, or her attention. It's like, we get it. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. What I'd say, what's nice about our community, because we do so much uh, vetting and selecting and make sure that there's no competition is that then companies are actually way more likely to help one another. We've had a company share customers because they know they're not, they're not competitive, right? One is selling into machine learning while one is selling to cybersecurity. It's like, I might as well make an intro because you're going after a totally different uh, part of the business. Right. That makes sense. 
that totally makes sense. And that's the hardest part, right? Is just getting those warm intros in. So I, time and again, am just so blown away by our community and people being willing to share what they've learned and what they've experienced. Yeah, that's the fun part though, right? Like you uncover this gold and then you want to go back and share it with someone else and then you keep doing it and all of a sudden becomes this big giant thing and then companies like Workbench happen. (laughs) (laughs) That's the dream. Um, So kind of want to go a little bit, I don't know if this is into the weeds, but I guess could you talk to us a little bit about your role in planning some of those 200 events? Um, So like how much are you in there thinking about, you know, venues, insurance, food, or is this like a, from like a top level a strategic, like I have to get these sort of topics and these sorts of types of events and these people in the room. And so like, could you talk about sure. what goes into your thinking behind Yeah. Events? Well, I'll tell you what went into our thinking five years ago, right? So when we started five years ago, super lean team. And, you know, so much of this, at least looking back now, 2020 felt like an experiment, right? They were like, can, can we fill this space with 20 plus enterprise startups. And five years ago, to be totally honest, it was really hard. There were not that many enterprise startups in New York City five years ago. And I think it's a good thing to remind our listeners, right? We now have over, just this year alone, over $5 billion in VC funding for enterprise startups in New York, which is incredible growth and stat. And I think there's so much more to come for um, New York City in these years. But um, yeah, five years ago, I had to find enterprise startups. And then the way we approach the event strategy was to try everything, right? I mean, literally spaghetti on a wall. We've tried different formats, different speakers, different cadences, and the things that worked, we doubled down on. And the things that didn't work, you know, we we try to learn something from it and, you know, get back out there. So that's really how we, at least on the workbench team, will probably produce a hundred of those events ourselves from our internal team. And the other hundred, we feel so lucky because New York City, I think, has an incredible meetup community. And so we get to just honestly be the host and the partner, right? They, for example, the New York City Scala meetup will come to us and say, we've got, you know, this great community. Could we host it at Workbench? We'll then also then go approach other communities that we admire and respect, right? There's some incredible um, women-focused groups, right? Um, in Python and Go and product. And that's a personal, you know, passion of mine to bring and support those groups in. So um, it's a combination of both internal and external, I guess, mini groups and meetups that we get to kind of put under our umbrella. Um, I think at this point, Five years in, I feel really, really lucky. We have an incredible team and we have, um, you know, put in what I'd like to think processes and playbooks <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, make these 200 events run smoothly um, and always iterating, right? I get it, so much inspiration from going to different events um, here in New York and seeing how other people do things and always yes-anding ourselves. No, I, lo- I really, really love that because I actually never thought about this, but it's, I just looked at it as like, okay, your community events has half, being led by the actual, you know, organizers, which are workbench, mm-hmm. and then the other half actually being led by the community. So I think that's an interesting learning that you can apply to a lot of different communities when you're thinking of, okay, what bandwidth do we have as a team? And you're like, well, we can do a hundred events. Like that is impressive. A team to do a hundred events a year anywhere, let alone like New York City, is <laughs> super impressive. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I think again, we continue iterating, right? So I'm actually in the process right now and thinking about 2019. And, you know, when you say, okay, what 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 does it look like ahead for us? I think again, how do you get more scale? How do you get more leverage? I think we feel very lucky to have this great community in New York. We obviously are always, of course, thinking about the rest of the US and how can we do more? How can we support? 
support more founders that are out there who might not you know, live in New York, the West Coast and elsewhere. So we continue to do a lot of this content. Like I mentioned, our sales guides. We write uh, an Enterprise Weekly newsletter that goes I out to 15,000 people every Friday. Thank I'm you. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we're always trying to be a little creative and, and do more. We have a number of flagship uh, kind of conferences I, I've mentioned to you in the past. This past year, we launched our first ever Women in Enterprise Tech Summit along Ooh. with Salesforce Ventures. Yeah, it was amazing. We had 250 women sold out in our venue. We wow. were um, NASDAQ put us on their tower in Times Square. It was, um, it was actually incredible. It exceeded even my own expectations. Congratulations. That's exciting. Thanks. Like, when you can throw something like that and like, really like, oh my God, like you can be a kid for a moment. I know. It really was. It was one of those things that we I'd been dreaming about for five years, right? When I realized, hey, there's not a lot of women in enterprise. You know, what can we at Workbench do given this community? And so we'd always done smaller scale lunches and breakfasts and workshops and so forth. And this was, you know, us really pushing ourselves and saying, can we take it to the next level? Can we open it up to more people? I don't think we've ever had 250 women at Workbench, period. <laughs> ever. So it was a huge, you know, that in itself, I think was a huge um, achievement. But the thing that really blew me away was realizing, again, and a good reminder about community is just if you can be that platform or if you can be the, the opportunity to help tell other people's stories. Like that's ultimately the beauty of our job and why we're so lucky, right? Is that I could then, when we went out and found these five incredible women um, speakers who shared their own narratives and their own journeys um, professionally and personally with um, our audience. And uh, if you can help unlock unlock this, then then again, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. And kind of sticking on the same point of like unlocking dreams. So like when you were, were getting started with Workbench, like who was paving the path, right? Like I know you mentioned that there wasn't really any path, but like were there someone in a community that you look up to, like a company, a mentor, yeah, a community? absolutely. Yeah, I'd say the first uh, kind of community that I really admired was actually my co-founder. So my co-founder, John, who um, prior to co-founding Workbench with me was at Morgan Stanley but not as a banker. He was on the corporate IT team and he loved nerding on enterprise tech so much so that he and his nights and weekends started the New York Enterprise Tech Meetup on meetup.com. This is six, seven years ago. Um, and he just wanted a forum and a place where people could talk about enterprise tech and see new products and learn new tech without being pitched to, right? Without it being a sales session. So he started that and that that meetup continues today still at Workbench every single month. We'll generally have one, let's say, keynote or a panel, and then we'll do two startup demos. And it's an incredible cross-section of our suits and our hoodies. So founders, uh, executives, VCs, students, and more. So I took a lot of, you know, learnings from that and said, how can we, you know, borrow from this community and then expand upon it? And then when I looked at other VC funds, nowadays it's very ubiquitous for every VC fund to have some sort of a community or some sort of a platform team. Platform's like the cooler word of it now. Right. Um, but um, the two funds I really looked up to at that point who I think were really, really groundbreaking was um, First Round Capital, right? And they continue to do an amazing job today with their events and their content. So it took a lot of, um, I think, learnings from there. And then also First Mark, 
Capital, which is just down the street from us. We love those guys and that team. They um, do also incredible um, meetup series as well. And I think the thing to just remember is it's very easy to say, oh, look at their strategy and approach. Like, how can we replicate it? But you have to also remember your community is your community, right? right? And you need to then modify and, you know, edit it and really form and tailor it to be uh, for your people, which, you know, every fund is very different. So remembering that DNA is very important. Yeah. And it reminds me of like, I always think of, I think last one of my other episodes, I talked about like levels. And when I think about levels, I also think about games and cartoons and all sorts of things. But in the like context of like enterprises and stages, like early stage startups where you operate, like what sorts of stages have you like brought Workbench through? Like, could you talk about either the the time when you were starting, either when you realized like, oh, wow, we're gonna have to pivot to scale and be able to hold 50 events or go to 100 events or some story that like talks through some of the stages you were in. Sure. I think the biggest learning for me, and this is something I share with a lot of other community platform folks at VC funds. And actually, this is something that Dan from Firstmark, he had advised me when I was this newbie community person, right? Which is that community sometimes is tagged or seen as very soft, right? It's not always tied always to business ROI. And so people in this space tend to feel like they constantly have to be on the defensive and justify that what they are doing is important, driving towards revenue. And I asked Dan in the early days, I was like, how do you quantify what you do with the first mark community? And he looks at me, he's like, honestly, don't worry about it. <laughs> he's like, you can drive yourself crazy trying to calculate ROI and PS surveys and do all this tracking. But he's like, look, at the end of the day, like that that is very hard to do. So don't drive yourself crazy, right? And now five years in, I totally appreciate and get where he's coming from. Again, every different firm is very different. They may have different approaches. For us at Workbench, what it has uh, really come down to is that first and foremost, we're a VC fund, right? So can we identify great for, great companies? And can we back them? And then can we ultimately help them be very successful? And the core metric that we look at is out of this community, right? How many startups are we supporting? And six out of our last nine deals that we did came out of community, which means that the company was either... Ooh. Wish everyone could see the high five that just happened. <laughs> I know. We'll we'll have like a f- addendum photo op. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do like a selfie. We gotta do a selfie yeah. at some point. <laughs> but um, it was uh, out of the six. So either the companies, um, you know, referred to us by another founder. Either we met them through the greater network. A great success story, I think, is um, this latest deal that I led this earlier this year called Catalyst. So <laughs> the two the company is based here in New York City. So New York City proud. Two the the founders are actually brothers, and they both came out of DigitalOcean, which is a big New York City tech unicorn here, um, where they themselves were on the customer success team and felt a lot of the pain points. And so they spun out and, and built this company. But what people don't realize is that 
four years ago, Kevin, one of the co-founders and I, we, we pulled up this email, you know, he had hosted a number of sales meetups at Workbench, right? And back then, I didn't know he was going to start his own company. I just knew this guy, Kevin, super smart, tons of hustle, right? Doing things like starting meetups and getting groups and networks together. And of course, then when time came for them to raise this next round, we had obviously hopefully already, you know, known each other for quite some time now and hopefully have been helpful. And so that's, you know, that's hard to say when you're on day one of community, right? Because it's very hard to say, okay, well, we'll, we'll come up with this. But I feel very lucky that in the past five years, we've been able to see, again, the, the really positive, you know, impact and results and outcomes. And if I had back then been like, well tracking every, you know, every single meetup, every single event, and having every person fill out a survey. I mean, yes, that probably could have helped at the end of the day. Um, you got to look at the big picture and then make sure you're driving and pointing towards the big outcomes that you want. Yeah. And I think that's tough too, to like, it, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, well, I gave them my time, my resources, my thoughts. And like the second you expect something in return, totally, uh, it just goes downhill. It totally is. And that's the long game of VC. And that's the beauty of our job is like, look, this is a very, very long business that we're all going to be in. Um, how can we just be as hopeful as possible? Right. And that's why, uh, you know, we didn't even get to talk about some of the executive briefings that we do at Workbench, which is again, where we bring together corporate executives and startups um, to hopefully, you know, to pitch, but hopefully to make a sale, whether that's a POC or so forth. And, you know, some some things come out of that, some doesn't, some don't. But um, you know, we really try to make sure that that's as helpful as possible. And I think that's what everyone ultimately really values is like, hey, you might not be our investor, but you're trying to be helpful, and then vice versa. So, like, is there anything about your community that you want everyone else to hear or like learn about? Yeah, I think the only other thing, and again, this sounds so basic, <laughs> right? But it's to have fun, right? And it's very easy to say, okay, we got to do all these events. They're all going to be ROI and metrics driven. We got to prove so much value. When honestly, I look back on these five years and some of the events and things in our community that has stuck out the most is we do an annual Friendsgiving lunch every year. So we have all 250 plus people come through and we, we line up this, <laughs> this long one table that's that big space? Bench. Yeah. Oh, and we wow. go all out. We have turkey and pie and mashed potatoes. And then we also really do a whole kind of, um, you know, really decked out space. And yeah, I mean, does that have, is that going to lead to a ROI deal? Yeah. What's our eye on this? I need to have a, a, an MPS score. And, you know, it's just fun. And I think when people, when you get to know people on that level, that's where um, the real magic happens. I mean, I've at this point met people's family and kids. And, and that's what I'd love for people to think back on is the, really this bigger workbench family um, that we've been able to create. And, and again, people have given back in multiples. Um, and so, again, feel so grateful and I'm excited for what's still to come. That's really great. Like That's awesome. So um, one thing that I actually recently learned from a colleague was um, talking about like understanding yourself better. So um, one question that his mentors asked him was what is the biggest misconception about yourself? Like, could you talk to us about like what you think that is for you? Yeah, well, it's so funny because I, you know, sit uh, kind of in the center of this amazing community at Workbench. I interact with hundreds of people a day. Don't say you're an introvert. I am such an introvert. And I can say that because growing up, I actually cried before school every day until the second grade. <laughs> like true introvert. <laughs> And there are definitely 
only days where I'm like, oh, I'm still such an introvert. <laughs> not meant to do this job. I have to psych myself up when I go to some events sometimes. I'd be like, okay, you got this, Jess. I can't believe there's yes, no way. I don't it believe is. that. I was so shy as a child. So shy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then I kind of went through like an extrovert phase, I think you know, in college. And now as I'm getting older, I'm coming back down and I'm becoming more and more of an introvert again. I was like, oh. But you but you like deal with people every single day. I know. I think it's just your energy, right? It's like what you get energy from, what you um, give energy. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I hide it pretty well, hopefully. <laughs> and people tend to think I'm an extrovert, which is funny, right? <laughs> No, it's funny because I, I just gave you like a bunch of crap for it, but I'm also that same way. I people think a lot like, of people are. I think a lot of people in this kind of space, you know, you have to probably be a little bit of both. Just have good balance. Yeah. And I think it's like one thing that I would love to dive into on a later episode is like the effects of your community activity on your own personal well-being, mm. which I don't, honestly, I don't really know how many people are talking about it. And if there are people that you either know or mm. listen to, would love to dive into some of their content. But I think there's this thing, and I've noticed myself, I did these like bullet journals where I have to write down the number of humans I've interacted with <laughs> positively uh-huh. um, in a day. And like one day I had like four, and then another day I had like 25. That's like, amazing. Real one-on-one conversations. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, on the days where I had 25 and 15, like I was way happier and I mm-hmm. felt better, more energized. Yeah. And then when you had four, that's when you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go read my book for two hours. I don't want to talk to people. Like, yeah. So it's it's interesting to look at that sort of data. And I wonder who else is talking about that sort of stuff. That's so interesting. Yeah, that could be your next spinoff podcast. Yeah, <laughs> definitely down for that. I feel that. really lucky. I think our workbench community, I don't know. I wonder if it's because we all come out of enterprise. There's a little bit of this like underdog mentality. Everyone's just so great and giving and kind and again feel feel really lucky there are times on twitter that i was just like i i can't be on twitter anymore right um there's some really great things that come out of it but unfortunately people feel that that's a platform to just say terrible things that i hope you would not say in person so again going back to this in-person community piece right um that's kind of where i like to live and and work and play yeah no, that's safe in real life is, is definitely <laughs> IRL. a good place irl hashtag irl um so yeah this has been such honestly this has been one of my favorite conversations so far yes um really enjoy having Let's you on more. yes i d- definitely want to talk about doing some more and yes. have a lot of ideas for how we can you know work together and collaborate and just like share with people like some of the awesome things and events that you have going on at Workbench. And I'm actually, for people that are listening, like if they want to attend an event or anybody that happens to be a startup founder or anybody that wants advice, like what sorts of, like, what should they do? Like contact you, go straight to Workbench, go yeah. to a meetup, go to an event. Yeah, like I know, what? Tweet at us right, right. now that I've said that. <laughs> No, I think the best place is really workbench.com. We have a sign up there for a newsletter. And again, every Friday you'll hear from us, uh, top enterprise news and fundings and updates, but it also shares um, events that we have coming up. And it's a really good central touch point to really engage with our community. Thanks for listening to the Community Builder Podcast. If you received an ounce of value from this podcast, share it with your friends. Oh yeah. Don't forget to leave me a five-star review. I need those. Remember, each perfectly laid brick moves you one step closer to building your community.